words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. on Southwood Drive in, in, in Lufkin, Texas. That's where we are. <laughs> Your host for the show is, ladies and gentlemen, Don Shaw. Hi, Don. Hello, Mr. Tom. How's Good. everything? It's wonderful, wonderful. Don Patterson is here today. Yes, is he that is. two or three in a row, Don this, Patterson? This is three in a row, I think. I'm <laughs> hey, some kind right. of record. Glad all to be right. here. All right. My name's Tom Houston, but here... It's the man of the hour, ladies and gentlemen, the creator and the producer of The Blind Handyman. Here's Phil Farr. Just uh, kind of holy applause to a middleman, if you don't mind. <laughs> Hi there, folks. Welcome to the Exciting Blind Handyman Show. I'm, I'm, uh, I'd like to say that I'm getting more used to these hearing aids, but I don't want to lie to you, folks. I hate them. I always. What was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's, sound. that's the computer. Along with uh, Tom Houston and Don Shaw and Don Patterson, I'm Phil Parr. We have Stacy Fazen with us today. She's. Uh, from the Lufkin News. Hi, Stacey. Yeah. And uh, believe me, introducing a woman into the room changes everything, doesn't it? Sure does. Just have a woman here. We've all cleaned up our language. Uh, the room just smells better. We're not spitting on the floor. <laughs> uh, no one is drinking, maybe. Uh, and uh, we're just... We've well, all, we've all, we've all kind of cleaned up because uh, she's, she's from the Lufkin News and is going to do a newspaper article about uh, our little internet radio show called The Blind Handyman. And this will be 
online when the paper runs it. Is that that's correct? Yes. And uh, so you let us. She's going to let us know when it's online, and you can go to the Lufkin News website and read about your favorite blind handyman characters. Isn't that exciting, friends? Boy, oh boy. How yeah. do they do it from Lufkin, Texas? Oh, that'll take your breath away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a deal. Get out of town. We are, uh, today we're going to talk about, we're going to read her email, and we're going to talk to Stephen Stewart about building birdhouses out of cedar pickets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is a pretty neat little thing, little interview that our boy Don Shaw, the man, man about town Don Shaw, did on his little digital recorder. Blind handyman mobile unit. Handy, yeah. yeah, the blind handyman mobile unit. <laughs> we will see what we will see, said the blind handyman. As he picked huh? up his hammer and saw. Right. And so we'll do that, and then we'll, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about installing storm doors toward the end of the show. And, and uh, Patterson, you want to talk about that? Uh, well, it's getting about that time of the year. We're fixing to get our first little cool snap. I wanted to talk to everybody that has them about fireplace preparation and a little uh, pre-maintenance before you, know, we, you get started. We've talked about splitting wood. We haven't talked about any fireplace maintenance, have we? I uh, really haven't, no. and, and uh, now's the time of year to do it. And yeah. if we have time, Don has some fall weather tips. It's fall yeah, in uh, our fall home yeah. tips. It's fall in our hemisphere. I realize that, uh, well, I think where Jonathan is in New Zealand, they just, they've just they just gone to daylight saving time, so it's summer there. Is that right, Pat? Uh, well, if we're in fall, <laughs> it would be spring. Spring there. So Pat has a degree in history, and he knows all these well, things. Well, we need to do the, the uh, spring, uh, fall and spring home maintenance. Home maintenance. Well, I'd say if you were in New Zealand at springtime, don't light the fireplace. Yeah, yeah you won't need to light. That's one, one spring tip. Never trust a naked bus driver. There's another one. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to talk about those kinds of things toward the end of the show. And as, as I said, Stephen... Stuart with uh, Birdhouse, Building Birdhouses. Now, on to email. Okay, our first email of the day. I've been listening to a couple of shows on demand, but I still don't know when it's live. Mm -hmm. I'm a blind woodworker. I'm looking to upgrade my Craftsman Contractor Series table saw to a larger cabinet maker saw. I've never been happy with the fence on the Craftsman saw. Would be interested in knowing what make and model saw you gentlemen have or recommend. This sounds like something we did. We, 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 we did this one, actually. Yeah, so we can we move did. on. I believe we did. Hang on, let me pull We, we told him, what did we tell him? We gave him some bogus advice about something. No, we, we told him to. We got uh, some information and we really don't. So. <laughs> we, <laughs> we played like we knew. Huh. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we talk, you told him about this place where you can go buy a fence. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you were going to have that this week, and you do uh, have it. Uh, uh, fence information. You, you don't have that. We'll have that next week for you. Okay. Here we go. Maybe this one's a new one. Gentlemen, I've discovered your show about a month ago while exploring the the ACB radio website, and I've made a point to listen to all your archive shows. I, too, have enjoyed puttering around with various projects as a blind handyman and find it neat to listen to others that enjoy working with tools and mm-hmm. their hands. It's interesting how I have solved problems on my own in much of the same ways that you've been presenting. But even more exciting are the new tips and tricks you're willing to share. I've found it's just as interesting listening to the occasional guests you have had on the show with their varied experiences and insights in approaching challenging problems that arrive when tackling projects using tools designed and intended for the sighted user. Mm-hmm. And I, let's see, I lost my place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For the sighted user, where we go? Oh, I, with the help of my... <laughs> uh. With the help of my family, recently finished the largest project I have ever undertaken. We owned a condo that for many years was a rental property. This sounds like something we had last week, and for the most part, have good luck with tenants. 
The last sentence, however, maybe we ought to explain, Phil, what happened. I don't think we read this one. No, we, we, we didn't do this one. Go ahead and finish Maybe I've just one. read over it so many yeah. times that uh, that's it. Okay, the last sentence, however, pretty much trashed the place, and we were left with fixing it up yeah. or burning it to the ground, yeah. deciding that the latter might not a- appeal to the neighbors or local authorities. <laughs> we decided to fix it up. Uh, my 16-year-old daughter and I, Took on much of the work with my four-year-old son, helping whenever I could find a job for him to safely take on. Yeah. Uh, my wife held back until the painting was required and is finishing the last touch, touch-ups touch as I write this note. Now, the project involved ripping out all of the carpet, kitchen, bathrooms, and fixtures, repairing holes in the walls, adding a new deck, finishing the basement building, and installing new kitchen cabinets. Uh, this was followed by ripping out and replacing the tub toilets and sinks, windows needed repairs, new flooring had to be installed. It sounds like Don Patterson. Yeah, no kidding. The basement had to be framed and drywall hung. We did break down and hire an electrician and plumber for a couple of jobs that I either didn't have the know-how to do or the energy. I also hired a couple of guys to finish the uh, mudding in the basement after uh, memories of an earlier project came flooding back. Uh, where more mud was left on me than on the walls. My wife yeah. did a great job in shopping around for new appliances and fixtures, and I learned a great deal in installing them. What we hoped would take two or three months turned into about ten months, because I still <laughs> had a full-time job, as yeah. I'm sure you can appreciate. Really? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm tired and do not plan to take on such a big project for some time to come. Still, yeah. the fun of working with my hands uh, is not lost. And the appeal of small projects is alive. Many long hours have paid off, and we're temporarily living in the condo, enjoying the fruits of our labor. As I mentioned, I don't plan to take on such a large project for a while, but the hours spent with my sighted daughter's uh, daughter, one-on-one, and the knowledge and experience I was able to pass along to her can never be taken away from us and will always be a fond memory to share. I figure in about 12 years I should be ready to repeat the experience with my son. <laughs> this should give me the time to pick up more plumbing yeah. skills I lacked as well as uh, regain the energy I lost. Now, keep the uh-huh. fun shows coming and keep up the good work. Regards, uh, Paul Buckner. All right. Paul would make an excellent guest, yeah, Paul. Really if you're, good email. If you were listening, uh, if you hear this, uh, email us and give us a number, and I'll call you and we'll schedule you to be on a, a future show. I think he would make a very good guest. And while I'm thinking about anybody who wants to be a guest, let us know in your email, and uh, we'll be back in touch with you. Yeah, what a project. Yeah, Man, really. What a project. Yeah. Boy, it's, oh, it boy. Sounds, sounds like what you just did, Pat, right? Uh, yeah, I'm almost through with mine, too, and I'm, I agree with Paul and, one, Paul and one thing. I'm sick of it. Yeah, all that <laughs> energy. Huh? You've had it up. Unlike Paul, I'm not going to move into mine. I'm going to sell mine. Yeah. <laughs> Any of you folks want to buy yeah. a nice two-story, four-bedroom house in Lufkin, just give us a call, and we'll <laughs> we'll fix right. you up with one. All right, go ahead, Tommy. Okay, hi, all. I really like the show, although I don't have as much time to do things around the house that I'd like. My list of projects is getting longer. I think one of those projects is soon to be replacing some of or all of the linoleum tiles on my kitchen floor. Yeah. Some corners have started to come up and some small pieces are broken off. Any tips? I've thought of going with regular tiles, but that uh, that will be down the road when I can afford it. Forgot to tell you that under the linoleum is hardwood flooring. Thanks. And this is from Rachel. Bade is her name. 
I don't know. Is she? What kind of talent is she? Is she talking about uh, vinyl talent? Is she talking about vinyl talent? That's a that's a pretty blind friendly project, isn't it? You you can get the kind you know that are self adhesive that stick down. However, they yeah. usually recommend that you put add some glue to it. Uh, if her corners are curling up, it would sound to me like perhaps somebody didn't put the quarter round, maybe around up against the baseboard, or yeah. there's nothing holding them. Uh, but that that's a fairly, like you said, a fairly blind-friendly task to do. And the neat thing about it, if you uh, with that, uh, you could probably like do part of it at the time. You wouldn't have you to could. necessarily you complete part the of whole job if yeah. you just pick you out a section and remove the existing vinyl. And then, uh, like I say, you can get the. I'm sure they're talking about maybe the one foot by one foot, one square foot tile. And even if you use the adhesive. Uh, you might want to add some extra glue, or it, in my opinion, I mean, or in my situation, I would be interested to know what kind of hardwood floor that was. If it was anything other than just plywood, if it was like a, a nice pine, you might want to take that vinyl up and strip that floor and redo the floor. And uh, I think uh, did she indicate that was this was in a kitchen though, right? You don't want a hardwood. So. I guess we used to have hardwood floors in the kitchen when I was a kid, didn't we? Well, and, think and I don't know there again how big the room is. You know, and of course, we always say on the show, you know, that there's more than one way to do something. And sometimes, I mean, if you just, there's certain projects that I wanted to do and there's certain projects I just steered clear of completely. And vinyl and formica and uh, it happens to be two of them. And, and there again, I had a fairly decent sized room at my house uh, and I had a man install a single sheet of vinyl. Uh, and it cost me like eighty dollars, you know. So, so there's, you know, if you if you just want to take that old tile up, a lot of times you'll have it ready for them. But if you if you just wanted to do it yourself, uh, because ceramic tile, if you were talking about going to uh, ceramic tile, uh, hardwood floor, you're going to have to put down another surface between that hardwood floor and your ceramic tile. Sure. Because anything that gives after you've put your ceramic tile down and then put the grout in. If that floor has any give in it, the grout will crack. Sure it will. And so there's a little, it's a quarter-inch uh, type of board. I cannot think, but any hardwood, your Lowe's or I'm not sure where you're located, or McCoy's or Home Depot would know. You just tell them you would want the, the wood uh, base for your ceramic tile, and you would have to do that. You would have to take the vinyl tile in your kitchen completely up. And then put this new surface down. And she's she's talking about putting down vinyl tile. Yeah, I'm sure. I and that's, said yeah. ceramic I, I've never done it, point. but have you done it, Sean? You've, One you've time done. we did a, mm -hmm. an entry hall, and ours did fine w with the uh, stickum that came on the back of it. Mm -hmm. It did yeah. fine. We just put some quarter around around the edge, and it, it never, you know, like in eight years anyway, it never came up. So that would up close and then use a roller. That would seem to be, yeah, have now a that's roller. That's what we did. We yeah. rolled over it with a roller and get out all the air bubbles. A weighted roller to do yeah. that with. And, uh, that would be, I think, uh, something that a blind person could do. Tackle it and then and email us and let us know how you did, and we'd like to have you as a guest on the show. Rachel, thanks for your email. Okay, here's a guy that's got a question, Phil, and mm -hmm. I figured uh, you could address this one probably. I don't know. What are the noises prior to the introduction music <laughs> at the beginning of the show? Yeah. This is for Richard yeah. Justice. Why are you reading that? Well, uh, <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was a jet airplane. We thought it was a, we thought it was a legitimate question. Uh, Shaw and I uh, uh -huh. talked about it here. Uh -huh. Richard, uh yeah, <laughs> thank you, Tim. We appreciate that. Try to listen carefully, Richard. You may be able to actually figure out 
what they are. Oh, <laughs> yeah, moving. Moving on Richard. Moving right along. I'm oh. betting on. I'm betting on old Richard. Okay, okay. Here's one. Uh, it says I've gotten a small storage building, and I was wondering if a blind person could put uh, a window in it. I'd like to put a window in about 24 by 36 inches. What would I have to do in order to do it? I think we talked about this. is This is this is the one where you said, since it's a single wall, Shaw, the best thing to do would be frame around the window and then cut it. That's what I would do, and then cut out the existing siding after it's framed in. After after you frame it in um, to the size that you see, need. We're, we're going to do, down at Louie office, I was telling the other day, we're going to cut a window so that Sherry, the receptionist, can see who's walking in the door, because when they walk in the door, they have to walk around in front of her, and she wants to be able to see them. So what, what, what I'm going to do, if, if I'm probably going to get my son to help him, but if, if, if he wasn't there, what I would do is decide, of course, it's going to be 16 inches wide because of the studs, or actually 15 inches wide because of the studs. Uh-huh. I, I would take a, I've got some angle iron that has holes in it, and I would probably take a piece of that angle iron and put it below, right directly under where I want to cut the window, because you're going to cover it up with trim anyway. Yeah. Screw it to the studs and then cut along there with a sawzall. Well, uh, that, if, you know. If this little storage building has a single wall, too, like you're talking about, you would build your frame first, but I'd go one step further than that. I would go purchase my window. And I would put my window in the frame. Oh, sure. First. And then you would know your window would fit your frame, and then you could mount your frame. You'd know you'd be ready. And then mount the frame and just cut, because it's, what, he's cutting tin? Is this a tin? No, it's wood. It's wood. wood It's a wood. And there again, if you're wanting 36 inches, your dimension's 24 by 36, but I don't know if that's length or width, but you're probably going to be cutting through one stud. Yeah. And so, but I would take my, go to the little hardware store, buy my window. That sounds like a kind of a standard kitchen or bathroom yeah, type window. Yeah. And uh, frame it. I would lay it down and put my frame around it. and then It's a blind-friendly it project. Once again, do it and let us know how you did it. That's yeah, what we want. Sir. It works we, out. We appreciate that. You now, got any, is last, that on? last but not least, we heard from Charlie again, and he just wanted to tell us that he's looking forward to talking to us again and being on the show again. So I've now. got to email him. Uh, Charles, I've been busy and uh, worrying about these hearing aids, and trying to, I'm trying to finish an album because I've got a couple more to do for people that actually are going to pay me to do some work and so i'm trying to finish my album so i can do theirs i will email you and we'll have you on the show but remember we've done 12 shows and you've been on two of them charlie (laughs) don't feel too bad at it but we do love you we all love you and i will email you this week i'll try to get back in touch either email or call you this week and we'll have you maybe we'll have him on one of the shows we do when the blind guys are down here in two weeks yeah how would that be yeah that'll work all right. And, of course, if you've got any email you want to send us, where do you send it, Don Shaw? Well, you would send it to uh, blindhandyman at hotmail.com, as a matter of fact, Mr. Uh, Houston. Don Shaw is in charge of emails, and uh, he, he puts them together for us and emails them to me, and then I read them. That's and we do it. need guests. I mean, if you like, think you'd like to purge yourself and prostate yourself in front of thousands, yay, thousands of Internet listeners, <laughs> yeah. reveal all your secrets Come on the Blind Handyman Show as a blind handy person. We'd love to have you, and we promise to treat you good, and we will. Blindhandyman.com, let us know you'd like to be a guest. Give us a phone number. We'll call and set you up. We do need guests uh, to be on the show. And speaking of guests, we'll be back with one in just a few minutes. We're going to talk uh, to Stephen Stewart about building birdhouses out of cedar. Don Shaw will have that interview, and we'll be back in just a minute with more The Blind Handyman Show.
you can talk about ACB Radio programming with friends and other listeners, then you might want to join our ACB Radio friends email list. You'll get all the announcement information you'd normally get from our ACB Radio announcements. And you can take part in email discussions with staff and listeners. All you got to do is send a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Just a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Keep in touch. ACB Radio, the station that is out of sight. As well as ACB Radio Mainstream, the ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear live on the internet on the ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 1890s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic, and modern rock. New age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. All right, we're back in uh, for the uh, second edition here, and we have with us this afternoon Stephen Stewart. He's a blind guy from here in town, local, that uh, does some woodworking. How are you doing this afternoon, Stephen? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, I reckon. Good. Good to hear that. Tell us kind of, well, tell us first uh, what you do. I mean, like, 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 like for money, like for a living. Okay, well, I work at a local hospital here in the uh, dark room and uh, running errands for the technicians and for the doctors. Okay. And, uh... Uh, when you say X-ray, you mean like developing the film? Yes, uh, developing the films, and also uh, make copies of the films to go out of town. I had to be make copies. I made them too. Ah, uh huh. Well, that sounds good. That's one of those things I know. Back in the seventies, that they were really training for was like darkroom work and things like that. Right. Well, that's interesting. That, that sounds good. Now we're just sitting here this afternoon, just sitting out here shooting the bull, and uh, <laughs> more or less. And we said, well, we'll just make a little recording here because Stephen Stephen actually does some woodworking. Uh, has built some birdhouses and things like that, and that's kind of, I think, really what we want to discuss this afternoon is just uh, birdhouse building and woodworking. All right. And. Uh, at that point, Stephen, kind of tell us, well, tell me first of all, uh, or tell the listeners, what is your visual acuity? Well, I'm uh, totally blind. I've been blind for 29 years. I could see for a while. In 1983, I uh, went totally blind, and I've been blind ever since. Huh. So you've kind of split it uh, between 
Well, being able to see for a while, and then what you did it slowly, or did you lose your sight, or is it was it just kind of one of those deals yeah. where it just happened all at once, or? Well, kind of slowly, I reckon. I um, had a lot of eye surgery trying to save my sight, and then I had a congenital glaucoma surgery. Then after that, I went blind. I the surgery. The surgery part went good, but my hemorrhage afterwards, and they. Then we could get all the blood out, so I finally just went blind. As well as a very good man. Yeah, that's a Man. Well, so after you lost your eyesight, then I guess you went along and probably, you know, uh, I know you were a teenager when that happened and probably, you know, finished up with your schooling and. I assume did your X-ray uh, darkroom technician training, but right. how did you become inter interested in uh, woodworking and tools and things like that? Well, back in around 1997, I kind of wanted something to do, and a friend of mine bought this little uh, woodboard house over and showed it to me, and I said, "Hey, I think I can make this." So I decided to give it a try, and. Uh, I'd say, yeah, it turned out to be where I could make it all right. Hmm. That's interesting. So you just more or less looked at it and and saw the plans. And I mean, did you have any tools at that time? or? No, at that time I didn't have nothing. But then I, I bought me this manual type uh, miter bot saw, but... Uh, it wasn't made for heavy use, and it fell to pieces only. Man, that's no lie. That's so, a tough way to go by hand now. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough, all right. So anyway, I um, I said, well, I need to do something because I can't do this. So and at the time, uh, I couldn't get the parts for it, so I just found this Matterbot saw. And I said, hey, that's look pretty good, electric one. Yeah, oh, sure. And it's yeah. one of those 12-inch uh, ones. And I said, hey, you yeah. know, I think I could handle this great. Yeah. So I decided to go ahead and buy it, and I bought it. Well, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. The one, you know, if you're going to have one power tool, you know, actually the minor box saw would sure be a, a, a good tool to have because, you know, it's just so versatile. You can do so much with it. Oh, you can. You can do a lot of with it. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a thing to have. Well, so so let's talk about birdhouses then. I, I I know you've actually sold some of the birdhouses you made. So just kind of tell me, just well, how do you build a? You know, tell our listeners how do you build a birdhouse? Alrighty. Well, uh, first of all, uh, the particular one that I build is really for bluebirds, and uh, you got to uh, I use cedar pickets, and the cedar pickets are. Get by is uh, one inch by six by six foot long. Okay. And then, uh, like I say, you have to use a miter bot saw. Mm -hmm. uh, you also. Let me ask you something now before you get any further along okay. with that. Now, are these pickets uh, cedar? Or are they treated pine or what? Well, this and I bought uh, use of cedar pickets. Okay. But I would assume, I guess you could use either one, but then again, for birds, I don't know, you don't have good treated wood actually would well, be for them. I kind of think cedar probably would but be a little bit better because treated might be something in there that might not be good for the bird. Yeah, that's a thought. So therefore, I'd say, you know, definitely use cedar. Probably would be good to go with cedar. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Okay. And then uh, what the uh, tools you need, and let's say the minor by saw, definitely a braille ruler. Okay. Uh, you could use 
uh, electric nail gun. If you hadn't got that, you use a hammer and small nails. Okay. You need um, a flat, uh, flat drill bit, about one and uh, a quarter or one and a half inch drill bit. All right. Uh, you need a filler for a flat uh, head screwdriver so you can put hinges on it. Okay. So and then uh, what I would do is uh, I would take the, um, you know, make, my, make me took the pattern and measured it. And then, I'd, like, for instance, the back piece would be 15 inches long. The side pieces would be 12 inches. And the bottom and top, the bottom of the birdhouse and the roof, uh, be eight inches wide. Mm-hmm. And then what I would do is take the, I just cut the back piece out. Then I'd take the uh, side, and uh, what I would do is take the saw and angle it 15 degrees to the left, and make a slant cut so that when I put it up and nail it. Down it on there, it would have a slant to the top of the roof. Okay, for the water to run off. Right. That makes sense. Right. That makes sense. And then um, I could uh, cut that out, and then I'd cut the bottom out for the 8 inches, and the rooftop would be 8 inches. Okay, L- let me stop you here now. Talking right. about this angle now, before we get too far ahead of ourselves now, uh, like to get this 15 degree angle. What, once you get it set up for the first time, do you make a jig or something? Like once you had your first cut, then you would line up your blade with that first angle to make your your additional cuts after that, or how would you work that? Well, now, the first cut I use would be to turn the saw head, the whole entire base of the saw around the 15 degrees. Okay. And then when I get it to cut the roof part off, where it would match up against the back part of the uh picket, I'd take the head of the uh, saw and angle it over about 15 degrees and tighten it down. Okay. So it would be best, therefore somebody has to see to do that, be with you to see to do that. Yeah, maybe the first time for the right. first cut. First cut. So then after I do that, I think about, you could probably make a little, uh, take about a one by two or one by four something and make a little small stop to put between the saw head and the tabletop, so that way every time you need to turn it over that sideways, I think you'd automatically have it. That's right. You'd, oh, yeah, that's a good idea now because you'd be exactly. Then you'd be exactly your 15 degrees. That's right. If you didn't, because uh, when you angle the head sideways, it don't have no notches or nothing to tell how far you go over. That's right. So you need something like that to stop it from going too far. Now, when you swing the, the base left or right, you would have the notches for right. the degree, but you're right. Uh, on that angle, you, you don't have anything. Mm. But that's a good idea. Yeah, once you basically had, had your first cut made and set up and, and you had the little stop made, then you would have it after mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. that, that's a fine idea. Nothing yeah. wrong with that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that before on the show. That's good to have jigs and different things for making different cuts. Yeah, that would definitely help. That would definitely help. So, and then after you do that, then um, get the side, the back and side and bottom all nailed together. Then I'd take the front piece and uh, cut it off according to the edge of the angle, from the angle to the base. 
Uh, it all depends. Sometimes it can come out around 11 inches or 11 and a quarter inches. Okay. And then there again, I use the same angle cut to cut so that the rooftop would uh, match up real good. Mm -hmm. Then after have that all nailed together, then you could use a drill press, or if you don't have a drill press, you can use an electric drill. Okay. With the one and quarter inch uh, paddle bit and drill your hole. The hole's approximately three to four inches from the top. I drop down to, in order to make the hole and uh, drill the hole through there, and that way the bird could fly through the hole. Yeah. Other okay. than to drill, you know, into the box. So, in other words, the top front, then you're saying three or four inches down from the top, mm -hmm. drill either an inch, an inch and a quarter or so, or I guess inch and a, you know, whatever. Inch and a half, right. Half, either, one, either one would work good. But you can buy those paddle bits at your local, uh, either Lowe's, Home Depot, your your, your local uh, home uh, home uh, type store. Like yeah, or your, whatever your local store. hardware store yeah. you use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds good. They're not that, that expensive either. Boy, that'd be something you'd really need because, you know, it's a pretty good size hole that you're drilling. Yeah, it is. It really is. So. But a good a good wood bit. You'll know, drill that out pretty quick. Yeah, so. it would be. It would do a real good job. And if you have a drill press, I can see it would definitely be easier. Yeah. But if you had to do it by hand, it would be doable. Yeah, it would be doable. You could do it so. just <laughs> yeah. time assuming. Yeah, no kidding. But, yeah, you can definitely do it that way, you know. But... <laughs> But compared to using uh, an old hand uh, minor box saw, man, driven a hope would be nothing. <laughs> no, it would be so. just, it would be easy. Yeah. Then after you do that and everything, then, now this particular, if you want to, you can put a hinge on there on the roof so that you could uh, open the top of it up and clean the birdhouse out if you want to. Okay. If you don't, you don't have to put a hinge on you can just nail it all together. This particular case I always use is put hinges on mine so that at least they can open the top of it out and clean the birdhouse out. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a fine idea because every once in a while I'm sure it would be time to do that. Yeah, every once in a while they definitely spend the, I had the bird building there and had the little one hatch them out and everything and then later on, no, they can get rid of the old bird nest. Yeah. Bird. They get ready during the wintertime, get rid of the old bird nest, so that when springtime comes, they'll have a good, fresh, clean box to yeah. build in. The birds or wasps or whatever, whatever. to be yeah. in there might not be happy with you for doing that. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see how it, how it would really need to be done. Yeah. You know, so, well, yeah, that, you know, you could definitely do that. And again, you'd have to have a, like I say, either a fill up a flathead screwdriver. To uh, put the uh, the uh, hinges on with. And, and what do you use on the? Do you use one hinge for the top or two? Just use one. Okay. The hinge is about be about inch and a half or two inches long. Just a small type hinge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, at your local hardware store, and it mm -hmm. shouldn't be a problem buying that. No, I wouldn't be trouble at all. And one thing about using cedar, boy, it'd be easy to put in the wood screws for the hinges. Oh, it's it really a good little project. It's really not hard at all. No, that should work out fine. Sounds interesting, and like I said, I know you, you've actually sold some of those. Yeah, I definitely have. Uh, here was, well, back in 1997, I made a bunch of them up and everything set up at our, uh, at our local um, garage kitchen. 
radio station here. I had a uh, local garage sale, flea market deal, and I took a bunch of them out there. And I sold a bunch of them. I sold a bunch of them to my work and everything. So. Yeah, you were actually buying tickets out of the club there for a while. I did. I did. I mean, I probably sold around, oh, I mean, I probably sold close to 80 to 100 birdhouses oh, I know. I know. At one time, you was, you was pretty good into that. I was really doing them a lot. Well, I know it seems like birdhouses and uh, maybe even picture frames, things like that. You know, it seems like you know are, are good blind-friendly projects, good for blind folks. And you know, talking about pickets, you know, a lot of folks now are are taking like uh, old fence pickets. Yeah. People that are getting rid of old fences and taking the pickets and taking the nails out of them and uh, and. You know, people that's got the the tools to do it, ripping them down and making uh, picture frames out of old yeah, pickets. Yeah, they are, and also those old uh, pickets make also good birdhouses too. Oh sure, yeah, they give it a real like rustic type. Yeah, look to it. Fact, here a while back, one time I had an old one, and um, part of it was kind of like broken off, and I didn't cut the broken off part; I just left it. Really? And just went back to got my measure about what I thought. Oh. And I left the, uh, like on the roof and on the back part, I left the uh, old uh, buffing in on it. Yeah, yeah. And it make it look, you know, a real nice looking birdhouse, really. Yeah. Old type deal. Well, I think the sky would be the limit. I mean, I, I would think you, you, you could take like a little block of wood on the front, you know, by the hole you're talking about drilling yeah. in the front for the mm -hmm. bird to fly through. I mm -hmm. think you could take a little block of wood, maybe like a stick, some type of stick from the yard, make a little, a little perch. Any type of little thing, you know. That, I mean, yeah. just, you know, just use your imagination. Yeah, you, you go down to again your local hardware store and buy a small uh, round dowel or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dowel stick. Small dowel and uh, just drill a little hole and then just take it in there and kind of like glue it in there. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. And that'd be a good little perch here. Just anything for them to perch on, I guess, for yeah. they were thinking about whether to go in their house or not. Huh? Right, uh-huh. Just anything. <laughs> anything. Well, that'd so. work. Oh, man, there's a lot of different things you could do. Oh, a lot of different is. designs. And oh, it is a lot of different designs. I've seen the same type of design with the A-frame type roof on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know, oh, yeah. any way you want to, really. A lot of different things you could do. Oh, you could, really. Well, speaking of birds, I just heard one fly by. We're sitting out here, in case you all probably heard some background noise, we're sitting out here on the patio this afternoon drinking a cool one and uh, listening to some birds and things yeah. like that while we're recording. So Not bad. I mean, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Huh? I don't know. It really isn't. <laughs> if uh, anyone is interested, speaking of bird... <laughs> that sounds kind of like a woodpecker now. It did, didn't it? It did. Anyway, if anyone's interested in this topic and uh, either uh, may get started building some birdhouses and wants to build some bird feeders, uh, at some point email us and uh, we may get Stephen to come back again and uh, talk. He's also built uh, bird feeders. Yeah, and, I have uh, built bird feeders. I'm not sure I'll find the angles and everything on it, but... I have done that. Well, if we have some interest, uh, again, email us, and we'll, uh, Stephen, I'm sure, can, can uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get his information together on that. It's been a while oh, since yeah. he's done it. And uh, we'll uh, talk about that on another segment. If, oh, yeah, uh, we definitely can. Someone wants to talk about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Stephen, that's interesting. Uh, 
sounds sounds good. Uh, sounds yeah. like you've gotten into woodworking. Yeah, I definitely got into woodworking and everything. There's some more ideas I can thought about. I hadn't got into yet, but there's a few more ideas I may come up with and build some more things. Uh, I had somebody tell me that I could build Martin Martin boxes. Martin, okay, Martin boxes. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, but I think about it, uh, trying to build some of those. That might be an interesting thing to look into and something for a for a future show right yeah. there. Yeah, it would be. Birdhouses again would be just you know a, you know someone that wants to start out doing a little woodworking and things would, would sure be a. Wouldn't you say, Stephen, overall, just a real blind-friendly project to start off with? Oh, yeah, it certainly is. And the one I said, the size and everything, that's something really easy and simple one to do. And it's, like I said, it's really easy and simple, and it's blind, it is blind-friendly. Okay. It's really easy to deal with. Well, that sounds good. Well, Stephen, it's been good talking with you here today. Yeah, it's been and, good uh, talking with y'all too. And maybe at some point we can uh, get you back again for another for another uh, for another show. Well, anytime, just give me a holler and I'll see what I can do. Okay, sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you later. Later. Visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. All the news, all the time. From the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. Don't risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program. Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. Listening to the Blind Handyman on the ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. 
Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Jack, uh, I can't think of what's Jack's last name. Y'all don't know him, do you, Jack? No. Jack Gardner. Gardner. Jack, uh, don't know. Starts with a G. Well, I hope he's not listening. That'll, he'll probably, <laughs> probably want his announcements. He probably will be. Anyway, we thought uh, since it is fall in the North American continent, and that's where we are, and also fall in Europe, I suppose everything north of the equator is fall. Is that right, Pat? He's our history. Winter, winter, fall, and getting closer. And so we thought we'd talk a little bit about storm doors and how to put them on. Since everybody yeah. wants to, you want to keep your house open now. You want to uh, put, uh, raise the windows and open the, the doors and let some fresh air flow through your house. That's right. We uh, we believe, or I, I believe it is true, that doors, standard doors, come in two sizes, 36-inch and 30-inch. So you either have a 30-inch door or a 36-inch door. So you say, well, I don't know what size to buy. Well, there's only two sizes of storm doors. Now, there may be some special made ones or there may be some others, but if you go to, to Lowe's or to Home Depot or to one of those big places and buy a storm door, you're going to either buy a 36-inch or a 30-inch. And just so measure your door before you go and know what kind you want, know what size you want to buy. The height will be the same, and I used to know the exact height of a door. Robert told me, uh, uh, the guy that built this building, but I don't remember that. That will be standard. So. But that will be standard also. Six feet eight. Is it six foot eight? I think so, yeah. Which would be 68, it's a top, 68 inches. Anyway, that'll be standard also. So the width, and don't worry about the height because that's going to be standard. Yeah. Now, most doors are framed to accept a storm door. In other words, you'll find on the outside some trim or what we used to call when I was a kid, we called it woodwork. Uh-huh. Some trim around the door and then there's a little indented place and then the, the door casing or the thing that the door closes against. Usually, most storm doors will fit, just slip right up in uh, between those two pieces of trim and it's a matter of going around. Now, what I always do is you want to put the top in first. In other words, you want to if you if you're by yourself and you you've got a storm door and you want to put it up, what I did was got a small piece of of wood like a, a a quarter of an inch thick, eighth of an inch thick piece of wood, and put under each side of the storm door to raise it up, so that the top of the storm door hits the top of the door casing, hits the top of the door trim. Put those screws in first, and once you do that, uh, you're home, home free. You just go go down each side. You can do it with the with a Phillips screwdriver, the screws will come with it. The door closer will come with it, and it will come in a frame. It'll be in the frame already. And, 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 but, you, of course, first of all, you need to decide, do I want this door to open on the right or the left? That's a decision you have to make before you buy the storm door. And there are several different degrees. You can buy a little cheap one for about 30 bucks that won't last long, that you'll end up putting a putting something on to prop it up, or you can buy, I found out, you can buy a good one, and there. Close to a hundred dollars. The, the the nice ones that have a uh, that are framed properly and the th- framing is a little bit thicker. Uh, but it's a very blind friendly project. You simply put the the storm door up against the door frame you want to put it in. Put something under each side to to take it up high enough. Uh, screw the screws all around. Then unlatch the door from the frame. Put the door closer on. There's a handle that goes on it, and it's very obvious. What part of the handle goes on the outside and what part goes on the inside? It's just like uh, there are three little things that go through the door, and the holes are already holes drilled. Are drilled. The screw holes are already drilled on each side. The screws are there. The the, the uh, holes for the handle 
uh, are there, and it's, you know, 15 or 20 minutes you've got a storm door put on. Now, the closer, the closer, the thing that pulls the storm door closed, you can install that or not. A lot of people don't like them. I do because, because I have grandkids that notoriously leave the door open all yeah, they're the time. handy handy to have and they just go in with pins basically so well yeah but you have to put the hardware on you have to put the you have to you have to make some decisions here the decisions up until now are pretty much made for you the screw holes are drilled and everything is is all fixed before then now you have to decide do i want to put this closer at the top or below the glass because it's going to have a glass that'll slide up and down you have to make some decisions there but that's that's relatively easy and those holes are relatively easy to drill, but they will not be in the storm door. You'll almost have to have a drill uh, to do that, some sort of an electric screwdriver with a little bit on it. Or, uh, Of course, if you're doing handyman stuff, you need a drill anyway. Anybody that claims to be a handyman has got to have, got to have uh, a, a drill of some type. Some sort of a drill, and you can buy a drill that will do this project for 29 bucks at Sears, just a little cheap um, either a, a screwdriver, a single battery screwdriver, or a little rechargeable screwdriver, um, very cheaply. And you need some kind of a drill. Of course, if you buy one of those and you do much, you'll buy one a year until you decide to buy a good drill. Uh-huh. Uh, we've already been yeah. through that. But if you're just starting out and you think, I want to put up a storm door, well, for 29 bucks plus your storm door, you can be in business. You put the, the closer on. Uh, the um, it, It's actually pretty... Self-evident. It's or if you're lucky enough to have had a house like uh, we do right now that had an old storm door that guess who might have put on at some point. Well, I put that one on. If you're that lucky. Yeah. And are just replacing the storm door. Of course, these brackets were already on, so there was, you know, there, there was nothing to that part. So. If you're just replacing one, you're in good shape. Yeah. But the, uh, the big bracket goes on the woodwork. The other bracket goes on the door. But now to drill, you got to drill a couple little holes in the door to put those machine screws in. That's right. Uh, there's no question. But but it is a very doable oh, blind sure project. And if you've got a wooden door that closes and you think, uh, gee, I'd like to be able to, for my sighted brethren to see outside and inside, and you'd like to be able to raise this and let some breeze yeah. uh, through your house, uh, Storm Door is a very doable deal. Go to Lowe's or Home Depot or what's the other one, the big one? McCoy's. McCoy's. And, yeah. Some Storm Doors, too, you know, are either solid glass and they do not have a window that raises. It's just decorative. Yeah. And people put them on their front. Uh, their front of their houses, and then some, like you said, have the two. You can raise the window at the bottom or lower the one at the top, and their screen have the screen like in the fall or spring. Mm-hmm. And it, and if given the choice, obviously in the one that's solid glass, you don't have the choice. But if given the choice to put your closer at the top of the door or in the middle. I would really kind of suggest the middle. Sometimes if it's at the top, it tends to pull the top of the door closed quick, more quickly than the. And it'll warp. The, it'll warp that warp. door if you're not. Uh, if, so you're, if it's in the center on that center rail, if you have the divided light, I think's what they'd call it. Uh, it you might have better results. Or you don't have to. They, they give you, you two options. Yeah, they, you don't need it at all. Yeah, you don't have to put it in there. They give you a spring also that goes with a storm door. It's a it's a long spring chain affair that uh, will keep the door from going all the way back, uh, and you can use that. Or you don't have to put the closer on at all if you don't want to. If you're not 
if you're a slow mover, you might not want it because it'll slap you. Well, my, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well I, w- I went down and put one up. <laughs> it'll yeah. slap you in the butt if you don't. Uh, yeah. you know, I went so. down and put one in for my daddy. Uh, I guess it's been 10, 12 years ago. And of course, at that time, he's passed away now, but he was 80-something then. He fell up that door, sure does close fast, son. <laughs> well, so, of course, I took the closer off. He didn't, he didn't care for that. But I like it because I like to go in and not worry about whether the door slams and it closes or not. And uh-huh. Like I said, if if I didn't have storm doors, my grand there'd be well, we'd have uh, all sorts of vermin and cats and everything in the house because my grandkids don't turn off lights and don't close doors. That's just their parents taught them not to do that. <laughs> I think is part of it. Kind huh? of what part of what the deal is? But yeah. it's a it's a if you've thought I'd like to have one, that is a very blind doable project. If you do it, email us. Let us know how you did it, how the project went, and if you'd like to. Come and be a guest on our Little Nothing Blind Handyman radio show. And by the way, this is show number 12. Number 12. We still, we're having a problem getting that in. We usually uh, mention that at the first of the show, but this is show number 12. And uh, how much time we have, Tommy? Well, we've got about nine minutes. Well, we got plenty of time. Uh, uh, Patterson, you want to talk about fireplaces? Uh, yes, I do. Get on mic. You're not okay. on mic. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there. Yeah, right there. Now you I are. I think I'm right there. And Thank my you. headphones are working. Good. And have worked and have worked throughout the show. Thank you. This first. This is a first. This is a first. I'm sure that. But the show's not over. That's right. That may uh, be for you. But here you. we go. Uh, this time of year, you know, around our part of the country, it's uh, get, it's fall. We're fixing. I think this weekend to get our first little cool snap. We might be down in the 50s at Ooh. some point. And so. Uh, for us uh, that have them, we start thinking about gathering up some firewood. If you haven't got it now, you might be wanting to get it and getting uh, ready for our... We have maybe, uh, I don't know, 20 good days a year, 30, 20, the fire. And every once in a while we get that slow, long, drizzly, wet, cold weekend that you can just keep one going all the time. I, love uh-huh. it. I look forward to it. And uh, all... Uh, Three out of the four of us here today have fireplaces, and so I'll be discussing what I want to talk about, Some just some general basic maintenance that would apply to us here. And uh, if you live further up the country, up north, I know y'all burn twice and three and four times as much wood as I do, so your maintenance may be, want to be a little more intense. Uh, down here, first of all, every year before fire building time, and of course I usually do it at the end of fire burning season, I clean out the fireplace real good and like sweep it out, scoop it out with the bucket and uh, the shovel. And even I have been known to get in there with a wire brush and, and really clean it out. Then I'll even, when I'm 99% sure I've got everything out clean, I'll take my shop vac and go in there. And so this year, uh, because I'm in my remodeling project, I also went a couple of steps further. I actually got in there with, like, bleach and water and soap and water, and I washed and cleaned. I have an all-brick fireplace. Some people have the metal inserts. I guess you could use some suitable cleaner. And I, I washed it and cleaned it, and, and, and it, it cleaned up really good. And then I took some stove black. This is a, a product that you use on wood stoves for the outside. It's real temperature resistant after you put it on your stove, and it just kind of makes it uh, more uh, wood stove will rust over time, even in the house. And this just kind of cleans it up and kind of gives it that new look again. Well, you can also use this in the in your fireplace. It's heat resistant. And it's not toxic. I think it won't. It's not going to hurt you when you build your first fire. And uh, I, I painted my walls. 
but about every two years, now I have, uh, depending on what kind of chimney you have, and there's usually two sto- two types. There's the kind that after it comes through your roof, it's kind of like a stove pipe, like a wood stove. It's metal, probably triple uh, layered, and or either you just have a wide open, full-blown brick chimney, which is what I have. I have an all-brick fireplace and a brick chimney, and it's about 20 feet tall. And so about every two or three years down here, we, we burn an average about one and a half, two cords a year, which I know to some of the people up in Maine and Canada, I mean, that's just a drop in the bucket, <laughs> some of your, your fireplaces. So they recommend around here that you clean, have your clim- chimney clean about every two or three years. And, of course, at 20 feet, now I'm 60 years old, guess who's not going to climb the chimney? So I, I hire it done, and it costs about 65 to $75. I've been using the same people here, and uh, I haven't done it this year. It Really, I think I did it. I'm, I might go for my third year. But after you get that chimney clean, and like I said, then you get the inside of the fireplace clean, and I, I did my painting. But before you do the painting, too, if you have a brick fireplace, a lot of times you'll have a few little cracks in the mortar inside and and a lot of people, maybe your fireplace cleaners will point that out to you. But this is a, something you can do yourself. You can buy mortar. comes in a tube just like caulk. You need the little caulking gun type, and you, it's specific for fireplaces. And so I got inside the fireplace, and I put mortar, some new mortar in some of the cracks. Actually, I had some water leaking in uh, from the outside through the mortar. You know, mortar is really porous. And if it waters, if the chimney's in such a way, built a certain way, water, if it stands on mortar long enough, it will seep through. And so I checked all of the holes and cracks outside and then did inside. And so uh, uh, got that all restored. And then I used the stove black. Or, uh, I mean, some people have painted them with sort of a heat black. And it, it really looks nice. And also about your ha- your little, the grill, what do you call the thing, Phil, that the logs lay on? It's called a cradle. A yeah, cradle. It's a wood cradle. Oh, it's a cradle. Every, yeah. You know, after four or five years of heat, these things tend to kind of break down sometimes. Yeah, they do. They and sure they have metal fatigue and all that. So if you want to kind of start off the year right, you go buy a new one, what, 1995, 20 bucks? Yeah, yeah, at the same place, Lowe's or at Home Wally Depot. World, or yeah, Wally World, or, any, any of those places. And so kind of, you know, it's not a major item, and so it's not something you'd want to try to keep and restore. And just kind of make the place look nice, and and check your damper. You know, now it's usually going to be metal, and so there again, when I, I I took a wire brush and cleaned all that up after the chimney cleaners got through, uh, and uh, also with your water leaks, you know, on top of your chimney you have a chimney cap. Now, unfortunately, about three years ago, I had to have mine replaced, and this is kind of an expensive item. I think it wound up costing me about three hundred and something dollars because my chimney. It's fairly big. It's probably two feet by, at that point, two feet by two feet or bigger. Mm -hmm. And so they, in a sense, had to custom make this cap. So that's something that, you know, if you had somebody reliable around there, that part of it. But the interior and the painting and the mortar, a blind person could do it. You can smear that mortar in there with your fingers. I mean, after you squirt it on there with that gun, you, you know where the seams of the bricks are. And that's where the cracks would be. And if you put a good little quarter-inch layer of that mortar, it'll last a season or two. You know, the mortar tends to break down not just from water, but also the heat, the intense heat from the fireplace. So that's just a few tips you can do. 
Uh, and if you don't have that cap on your chimney, you're going to have birds down in there. And yeah, if you have birds, watering. if you've heard the birds in your chimney, you need to get somebody to clean it out sure before you start. And, and also, depending on how often you have to have it clean, if you burn a bunch of pine, you might you might have to have it done. We, we burn basically oak because that's what we yeah. have here in East Texas. And obviously, if they burn, you know, 20 cords of wood a year where we burn one and a half. Yeah. Do you want us to tell? Do you want to tell about the owl? Your your girlfriend at the mm-hmm. time, uh, present wife now, came in one day and said to you as she saw the bird sitting on the. Well, the I I decided it was <laughs> it, it was a Saturday and it was getting colder, progressively colder in the afternoon, and so I decided to come home and build fire. And she was going somewhere to do some shopping or whatever she does on Saturdays, and so I said, break, "Run me by the house, and I'll be, have a fire going when we get back and some hot chocolate ready to go." So I opened the damper and I heard. Something flew by me, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, I imagined that. Well, at that time, I had a little dog and a big dog, and they went nuts. I bet they did. They went nuts. And sure enough, an owl had come out of my chimney and was perched on top of the uh, storm door, the blinds, the swinging door. Uh, what am I trying to say? The patio door uh, bl- uh, curtains. He was perched up there, and we finally opened all the doors and shoot him outside. Yeah. But the dogs went crazy. This little owl had flown. I, I, I was thinking you tell me Lou Ann walked in and said, nice owl, Phil. Nice owl, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of nesting up there on top of the so door. Check that chimney cap. You might, it might keep you from having yeah. a similar experience. Go buy yourself a new cradle if the old one is yeah. bent and messed up. Do Call I hear that? that chimney sweep every three or four years or so and let them check it out. Let us mention email. It's hot. At blindhandyman at hotmail.com. We need your email. We want it. We want to have guests on the show. We need audience participation. There's no point doing it if we don't have any audience participation. And you're right. part of the audience. So, by God, you write us, and I'm talking now. Send that email. <laughs> I, you know, send us some email. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, gentlemen. Stacy. Thank you. Thank you. Stacy's going to do an article on the Blind Handy Man. It'll be in the Lufkin News, and we'll tell you where to go read it if, you, if you'd like to. Thank you to Don Shaw. Yep, yep, yep. Y'all Don Patterson. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And our board operator, Mr. Tom Houston, sure, who is very well. Thank sure. you so much. I'm Phil Parr. We'll see you next week. I see, said the blind man, as he picked up his hammer and saw. is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions, 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas, phone 936-634-9500.